Hello? Can I ask you a question? Why are you gay? Her. LGBT. I know that's right. Her. <laughs> Wrong answer, forehead. Lizard. Not another one? What is this? Bitch. We're in a different era. It's about to go down. Where you are right now? Black people be. Her. You are. Black people purr. Yeah, it's funny game. Bitch, let's go! Hello everyone, I'm Be The Half and welcome to this month's episode of The Halftime Show With. It's an audio game interview where I'm really winging it as I go at this point. Um, my guest this month is chemist and research scientist specializing in skincare, product development, focused on darker skin tones and black brands. She's been featured in Beauty Independent, spoken at Essence Fest in collaboration with The Honeypot Company. Join Rose Ingleton for an exfoliation rundown, published a few papers. Very smart lady. It's AJ a day. Ah, uh, hey everyone. <laughs> Happy to um, be I think here. I'm going to turn this into like the mutual show. This is like the eighth person who I've been like long time mutuals with. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And it's also like the first time we're like actually talking. So it's I like know. exciting. It's like so many people who I'm like, I forgot that we've never heard each other's voices or really seen each other's faces in live action. <laughs> it's also really funny because every time I listen to this podcast, I'm like, oh, I wonder what I would say like in that in that area of the halftime show, like not even ever thinking that I would be here. But here I am. Dreams come true. Be yeah. careful what you manifest, y'all. Oh, my God. <laughs> You've actually been on my list for quite some time. I have a long running list of people who I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to like work up the uh, I'm always surprised when people say yes. And then I'm super surprised when people are like, oh, yeah, I also listen to podcasts on the regular. I'm like, oh. Like, you've been on my list of people. You would like, be surprised. Contact. Folks love the I'm pod. surprised sometimes. I listen every I, Wednesday. I, I love when people do. Um, thanks for joining me. Yeah. Uh, so we talked about it in pre-show a little bit, but your trajectory has been, like, from writer to graduate school, skincare industry, definitely not linear. Like, how I remember you from our chronically online days, we're both getting better. Like, I see you, you see me. Um, is like you were a writer at one point what happened to that <laughs> what was the switch um I actually do still write a lot I don't think anyone knows this not even like the people closest to me I actually write quite a lot wow. um but so here's what happened y'all. <laughs> um so I've always been a writer like since day one I think not even just like a like someone that was good in like English class like grammar mm -hmm. I was a spelling bee champion like throughout oh, elementary her. school and stuff okay. like that um words were just always the best like form of art for me I mm -hmm. also was an avid reader so I guess that's how that happened yes. um in high school I published a book towards the end of high school it was a poetry what? book and it was because I like did this like mentorship program where I interned for like our local like, magazine and I was like oh this publishing process is actually really simple and I can definitely publish something and at the time I like was I think I was like 16 and I was like I have a whole like compendium of poems that I wanted to like put into an anthology together one day it was like instead of submitting to someone else's anthology why don't I just publish my own book so I did that Oh, um, over spring break wow. of senior year, <laughs> like finalized all that stuff. It dropped. I remember literally the lunch lady one day was she like had me sign. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 this got to end. <laughs> That's so cute. Because <laughs> I am also a really big introvert. And so like 
Mm-hmm. I think that was the main thing about writing. It's that, and also I'm realizing about pretty much anything is that if you're you're good at it, <laughs> and if you're like you know, if you're pretty decent at it, like there's a lot of tractions. Like through college, mm-hmm. I did a lot of poetry focused writing, so I was part mm-hmm. of this thing called Cupsy. Shout out to anyone mm-hmm. that knows what I'm talking about. It's the no College clue. Union's Poetry Slam Invitational, where each school picks their like. I don't know, a team, five of their best like writers. They send them to like oh my a, gosh. <laughs> they yeah. send them to like a like uh like a it's slam though, which is which was a huge like transition for me because yeah. I again introvert, I don't do that. Yeah. But I also found that it was one of the best ways to like express myself because there were a lot of mm-hmm. concepts that I really, really liked that mm-hmm. I found could be best. I I'm like visual art is one thing. But it's just something about that, that word. Yes, exactly. Something about that. And I also like slam because your body was sort of the vehicle of art. Yes. yes. I did slam poetry. uh, Okay, but it's mad corny. That's why I said it. It is mad corny. It's mad corny. That's why I stopped. I feel you. (laughs) Like, because I was good at it. Like, good at it. And that's the corniest part when you're good at it. I hate it. I hate that. And also, people that you see in the poetry world are... Like, God. yes, I loved them. I loved the people that were in my community. But, like, mm-hmm. just looking at, like, I don't know. I be looking at, like, especially when black men be writing about, like. Bro, I can't stand. Yeah. I I, we're here. We're here. <laughs> It'd be, like, the onks. Exactly. But, and, then they'd be, and then they'd be secretly, like, not to, like, dispel. But, I don't know. Like, they'd be like, oh, I'm so spiritual. Oh, I'm so wise. I'm on this other plane. But exactly. you're the same niggas. Exactly. It's like. It's like the commodification of this lifestyle. And like they're good poets or whatever. Yeah, but like well, I just like every poet, every poem they do, be it, like, it doesn't oh, the black woman, like her curves. <laughs> exactly. Black woman, I am here for you. It, it'd be like, it's a lot. It's like a chest beating ceremony. I can't stand it. <laughs> it's, it's very frustrating. And I was like, I don't think this is a community I want to be around. Simultaneously, yeah. though, I like was in college and this is actually how I was making a lot of like my money like through mm-hmm. writing like publishing Damn. like touring I did like a lot of New England tours where I would like, get on a bus from I went to school in Boston I would get on a bus oh hop to, like New Hampshire no for real <laughs> go to like New Hampshire do a, a a tour like something like a show collect my coins get back I'm literally then... <laughs> mouth drop are you kidding me this secret life um I mean it sounds collect your coin how much did you make like per like oh not a lot I would make maybe like $300 a show but for a college but student, still for a really college good. student <laughs> yeah for a writer for like a poet like it was feeding me it was definitely feeding yeah me. and so I think I think it was one of those experiences that I kind of got every everything that I needed to get out of it mm-hmm. because it got to a point and also like COVID hit there was no more slam yeah. got to a point right. where a lot of my writing was very virtual like I had a newsletter mm-hmm. that I was publishing and I was publishing mm-hmm. about things that I like so things like design mm-hmm. ethics so on and so forth but I don't know I feel like everybody then got a newsletter at some point and I was thinking about that this morning I was like maybe I should start a zine exactly <laughs> exactly exactly and there's it's nothing wrong with like everyone else having one because i yeah. actually subscribe to everyone's and i love seeing them reading them it's just like i don't know i kind of got everything i needed to get out of it and i think right. i was also changing as a person as well and that right. my parents forced me to be a biology major <laughs> uh they're like you're gonna be a doctor shout out to all the immigrant kids listening to this my parents are Ghanaian. doctor lawyer engineer exactly you have to choose one <laughs> exactly and so they were just like okay well you're just going to have to be a doctor. I was a bio major. Right. I did not like science as much. 
Um, but I did like the creative aspect to it because once you're a scientist, you can kind of make anything. And that's where yeah. I was like, okay, this is a very creative field. So I agree. I ended up doing a lot of chemistry research and now here I am. <laughs> um, what a journey. I love how you said I got everything I needed to get out of it. Yeah. Because yeah, I feel like a lot of people maybe. Well, I think less so people who don't have linear paths, but like definitely people who have a more linear path, I feel like maybe stay in something because we're like, well, I've been doing this for so long, it's going to be hard to like start something new mm-hmm. and like start from scratch and be like ground zero versus, you know, I'm already, I guess, this expert in whatever I'm doing currently. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that diversity of thought really can contribute to... <laughs> Not me being retired. To create to create your retire no but like i love people who've lived like eight lives by the time they're 25 no, yeah. i feel like that yeah, too yeah. i'm like yeah i did this and like that is did definitely that and did that. <laughs> i love doing shit like that is definitely i mean <laughs> but like i love other people who do shit because i feel so alone sometimes of same. just be doing stuff same i already feel that way going into my doctorate program which i guess is mm-hmm. what we're about to talk about <laughs> <laughs> i already feel that way because i'm like no one else here owns a business and right. y'all are just not going to be able to relate to that. And I look at my yeah. entrepreneur friends, I'm like, none of y'all are getting a doctor. Science. <laughs> yeah. Or like, yeah, or whatever it is. Yeah, I agree. It feels kind of lonely because it's like, am I doing the right thing? Like, or yeah. is this absolutely bonkers? No, I feel that way every day. Like, literally every day. But we move. Like, there's no we other move. way. We move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how I feel about law school all the time. I'm like, this is bonkers. Like, why am I doing this? I cannot believe you're doing that. It's so... Tessa tomorrow morning. Oh my god, good Girl. luck. I already signed up for October, so that's oh. what I'm <laughs> I was like, just in case. Like, let's expensive? talk about GRE for you. Was it hard? Or you were like, you studied a lot? Or like, what was your process for that? You want to know something? I took the GRE and I was like, I did not study? take it. Oh, whoa. Wait, I take wait. It, yeah. I think I breaks. got kind of lucky. I'm not even going to lie to you. I'm not a great test taker. I did actually go the whole, I did end up taking the MCAT to like appease Mm -hmm. my parents and like Mm -hmm. try and apply for med school. And I absolutely bombed it. And that was the last time I've taken a standardized test. When Mm -hmm. I heard they was waiving the GRE this year, I was like, y'all just don't have to go off the Mm -hmm. faith of my grade. And I I got good grades. So I was like, this Mm -hmm. should be fine. I feel like it would be, yeah, in any other situation, it would be really scary. But it was still really scary because- yeah, let me tell you, I had the publications, I had the research, I had everything. Yeah, and there were still you still feel good though. <laughs> I, yeah, I completely agree. Well, but it's like, what more do y'all want though? Like, because uh, how did I still like not to be like I deserve to get at every single school? Because obviously, no, it's yeah. a fit of like, do they think you're a good fit, and right. do you think they're a good fit? And sometimes you're not. But it's like, what more do y'all want from me? Like, is it? I agree. <laughs> I agree. But that's, I'm reading yeah. this book, The Overachievers, and they're talking about that, like, but for high school students, they're like, yeah, like, high school students don't get to have fun anymore and, like, just be kids. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, and you have to work for NASA Bro. and you have to have three internships. Why didn't you have an internship your freshman year and get good grades and all this other stuff just to, like, bare minimum get into a state college anymore? It's, like, not enough to just be a student and want to go to college. And you know it's bananas? I was interviewed, and I'll, I'll let y'all know about what I do as a business, but... Um, I was interviewing some interns and we finally hired two. They're very, I'm oh, very yeah. excited because they're super bright. But mm-hmm. when I was looking through the pool of applicants, I was like, literally every single one of you is super bright. One of the right. interns that I hired already has research like like mm-hmm. at universities and she's about to start her first year of college. I'm like, That's how nuts. is this like, is this the standard? Like one of them, I this is the new normal. Was, like, 
in the top percent of their class. Like everyone was so brilliant. It was so hard yeah. to choose. Like I wish I had the budget to hire literally every single like dark skinned person that right. <laughs> specifically dark skinned. Cause I feel like I, can, yeah. I, I have to distinguish between dark skin and black brands for that reason. Cause you know yeah. what? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, it's a lot, but just a, a quick context slash distinguisher. Everyone. I run a lab called Sula labs. Um, where I um, develop skincare products for brands that are either black owned or focus on technologies for darker skin. So, and mm. I don't know if y'all know, but Sephora does this thing where they're like, we have a 15% pledge or like 15% of our shelf space like is, mm. is yeah. yeah. So we flip that on its head and actually only 15% of our projects are not centered around like dark skin wow. or black brands. Yeah, so. I love that. It's great. We, we focus, we work with a lot of brands, some in Sephora, Target, Unilever, and mm-hmm. that's, that's what I do. I'm just a girl with a lab. <laughs> I, I'm absolutely like amazed. I. Uh, no, you should give yourself say. more credit. <laughs> like I know in pre-show we were talking about like you applied to all these Ivy Leagues uh, for grad school and you're like, I was like, did you have like these great grades? You're like, yes, and audacity. And like, yeah, the audacity matters. <laughs> Yeah, the audacity actually really does matter. I think it's just... I've been thinking about that all week since our conversation. I'm not going to lie to you. Really? Oh, I'm glad yeah, you, like... that changed me. Because I was like, yeah, I'll just go to, like, you know, IDCD, like, a law school. Uh, and, you know, just make it happen. Like, a law degree is law degree. But I was like, no, actually. Well, also, sometimes you end up shooting yourself in the foot with that. Because I looked at my roster of folks in my program. And, like, I know folks love... Like, some black folks love being the only black person. But that is not ever something that I enjoy experiencing. Right. And that's what is very much giving. Um for the program that I oh okay yeah yeah I haven't for internships I've definitely like NSF internships like during the summer and stuff mm-hmm. I've always been the only black person um and I know and they I was just, looking at you funny huh I know they was looking at you funny for sure they were like what the fuck especially <laughs> when I was going to community college but I was like milking that I was like I'm a community college student yeah but yeah I always try to like give a little pushback I'm like how many black people are in your program this year and then, like, they'll screw it around and be like, we have 60% people of color. I'm like, that's not what I asked. And that's why it's like, ugh. I mean, obviously, y'all know, like, it's a no-brainer. Like, that should not be a, an issue, like, especially right. in academia. But that's why it's kind of like, don't go to school, It's like you have to do everything. <laughs> don't go to school. It's like simultaneously, like, go to school and, like, pursue your interests, but also, like, what like like do something else for real <laughs> yeah like for your mental health i know so many doctoral students um friends like just from college who now they've gone out they got all this money from like minnesota like kentucky and then like they go because of the money but it's like at the end of the day like you're stressing on close friends yeah about how all the Stress- white people are hanging nooses in your room no, like was it worth it for real and that's how I feel sometimes I'm like is it is it worth it is it going to be worth do you feel it's worth it for you Um, for your goals so this is a great question because people always ask me like why are you doing that Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I just like to learn like at the end of the day I really do feel like and this is something we were talking about on the pre-show like my parents are teachers it really I do feel like (laughs) yeah exactly no exactly being a student of life is kind of like how you end up looking yeah. at things when you're yeah. raised in academic household so I definitely very very much so feel like it's worth it because one I guess more money like that's not really even the yeah. real thing but two it's just they're they're paying for the whole degree and they're giving me a stipend right. and like I'll have right. a place to live <laughs> yeah 
For anyone wondering, doctoral programs will pay for, usually like if you get in, they will pay for everything and give you a stipend. Um, but you have to TA and you, you have, have to, to TA, like yeah. take 12 units every semester and you have to D- do research. Yeah, do research. So it's not, I'm and they, and they don't even give you like a lot. I'm getting $37,000 of a Jesus. stipend in, in Los Angeles. <laughs> Spare change. Spare change. <laughs> no, for real. For real. That. Very much spare change. Yeah, yeah, I at one point was like, yeah, I'm going to go get my doctorate. And then I started looking at the tour programs and I was like, oh, I don't even know what I want to do. Yeah. And you kind of have to like really know like right no, off the bat. And it's like, I'm five years old. Like, why are y'all asking Yeah, me? I was like, I'm 19. What are we doing here? <laughs> no, like, don't ask me all that. Mind your business. I think now I would be better suited to go doctoral program. Like, I definitely know that I'm interested in the environment. I was looking at it again too. I was like, hmm. hmm. I was like, I could do like environmental planning or like apply you know, for both research. I was like, yeah, I might. I well, not might. I probably will. If you get the fee waivers, then you have no excuse. Yeah, if I I've been emailing people, I'm like, exactly. I need fee waiver. Were you part of the LSAM program? Like, I was LSAM. I was McNair. Uh, if you're LSAM or McNair, you get fee waivers. Yeah, I still have all that information. Like, I don't delete nothing. I don't no say Capricorn rising, rising, but I'm like, all my stuff is organized. Well, and we have Virgo placements, so like, <laughs> I have a Virgo on Mercury. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like receipts down. <laughs> receipts down. Um, like so, let's go back to how all these paths kind of overlap. How did you justify that? On your application, you're like, yeah, and I did this, or did you just admit, like, certain things? Well, I actually did have, like, legitimate, like, scientific, like, lab research experience. So Mm -hmm. I went to Northeastern University in my undergrad, and Mm -hmm. they do this thing where they force you to do a co-op, which is a six-month internship where you take Mm -hmm. six months off from school, and you work a full-time job, and you make hella money. Um, and, and you're back to poverty exactly. after six months. <laughs> but a lot of people would use that money because you'd be making like twenty thousand dollars, eighty thousand yeah. dollars from a co-op. A lot of people would use that to like pay their loans or something of the sort. Yeah. Um, but also, it's interesting because you also see the way in which even at the college level and internship level, you see like like STEM bros and business bros getting paid way more than like art yeah. people for co-ops. But I digress. Yeah. Um. So I <laughs> ended up. It's hard because you have to find one that like fits you and at the Mm -hmm. time I was still like someone that wanted to be a writer was doing all this writing but I (laughs) was taking biology classes I was taking chemistry I was taking calculus like all that stuff so it wasn't really Mm -hmm. feeling like a match and so I was in my co-op classes feeling and you have to take class beforehand on like professionality and all that shit but (laughs) I was in in my co-op classes I was looking around me everyone's interested in like CRISPR or like gene therapies and like stuff like that exactly no exactly and i was like uh i don't know i i'm not really interested in that i just want to be creative Mm -hmm. i want to use my degree for something creative and in the co-op database system like it it, it, you get what you get either you apply for any of these jobs there's like hundreds of thousands of jobs that you could apply to or you make your own co-op um Mm -hmm. i was a second year student so i was like i'm not gonna go out of my way make my own co-op when i don't even know what i'm doing I got offered right. clinical co-ops and I and it wasn't until then when I declined all of them that I was like, I really do need to be in a creative position. But there was one mm-hmm. job in the whole database that appealed to me. And it was mm-hmm. already risky because the, like you don't know if you're going to get a co-op. Like it's all unpredictable, just like hiring. Right. But they were a skincare company and the mm-hmm. job was head of brand partnerships when you would also be maybe working with like the CSO. Like it's a startup, so it's scrappy. So there's room right. for all kinds of things. 
And I had already had like um, experience doing writing and like digital editing for a, a few like skincare brands. And I really like the creative uh-huh. aspect. Mm-hmm. And when I was forced to like do research papers in like my project labs and stuff like that, I always found Your myself. Assumptions. Yes. <laughs> I would always <laughs> find myself like doing the research on like hair or skin. Like what, what do I care right. about in regards to science right. and like hair, skin, the fuck? Um, (laughs) and so I, and like the environment, but like, I didn't like the people in in those areas. Like I didn't like, it's okay. Yeah. They're definitely farmer's market. (laughs) Exactly. And like they were rich, like they didn't need to be there. Um, I needed to, I needed some. So I was, (laughs) I applied for the one job. I ended up getting it and I loved that I could write at the job and work with other brands that are now like brands Mm -hmm. that I actually like, you know, have relationships now with and like formulate for, which is really cool. Um, and then I also got to understand like the science aspect, like how to take a product to fruition, what it takes on the R&D side. And I was like, this is creative. I really like that. So I was like, the skincare industry, I think it's looking, you know, I started trying like the Glossiers. I was obsessed with Mm -hmm. Glossier at the time. I started trying. Oh, I was going to ask, were you a Glossier (laughs) ordinary? But I could never (laughs) afford it. Like (laughs) Glossier was so expensive for no reason. It it wasn't that bad. Like now that I have like some money semblance of what I have. (laughs) Um, but, but for the demographic, it was, was like, hard. Please, it was hard. Yeah, it was de- like I could not afford a twenty-four dollar moisturizer. Loki, I'm still yeah. not doing that. I'm gonna just go make it. Like, and that's what I do. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I I just I found in that job that I think I was like, this is kind of the industry I want to be in because mm-hmm. you know you can be creative, you can make discoveries, you can do something. So after that, I found the only lab on campus that has anything to do with like cosmetics. I begged them to let me like do some research in their labs. Sometimes you gotta beg. <laughs> you gotta beg. And they're actually one of my clients now, which is just oh, hilarious. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, they do like SPF like formulations because they had discovered a novel UV filter. Um, mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, yeah, yeah, this is this is the industry I want to be in because it just beautiful. it's cool. Like you get to make stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And that's I guess when applying for schools, I didn't have like the hard science experience that they right. had, and that they're like. So you're a biology undergrad, but you're applying for a chemistry degree, and it's not like you were doing X, Y, and Z, but you clearly have something because after college, I actually ended up doing clinical research and formulation at a medical grade skincare company. They're like, okay, this is applicable, blah, blah, blah. Um, But I I still did feel like even with all that experience, and I also had published a paper in that job and still, and two posters, and still with that experience, they were like, how is this making sense? How is this relevant? Yeah. (laughs) So that's like, I say all that to say, like, don't expect anything from academia, like for real, for real, because you really have to advocate for yourself. You really, really do. Um, But it ended up working out and I'm super excited. It's just, I really had to fight. And yeah, I mean, even even then, like I still had to fight because I was a completely unconventional applicant. And that's always been the theme for co-ops. I was an unconventional applicant for grad school, unconventional, even for like med school. But I was Mm -hmm. considering that unconventional. And so I found that like I'm never going to be able to like be exactly. So why not just like do what is creative? And I I think being unconventional is another way of being creative. And so. Why not just mm-hmm. kind of start my own situation in which I get to yeah. be creative as a full-time job? And that is also how I view a PhD, which is, I know I'm talking yeah. shit about it, but I do like the aspect where you get to like, just get in there and figure it out. Yeah. 
and figure it out. That's what the whole five years is for, figuring yeah. it out. You got five years to figure something out. <laughs> something out and write a paper about it. <laughs> yeah, I always use, uh, I'm interdisciplinary in all of my papers. Exactly. Like, Translation. That's my keyword. I'm multi-hyphenated. Exactly. Hyphenated or whatever. Yeah, yeah. like you, you just have to come up with the right word system to advocate for yourself. Yeah. And then, like, I think a lot of people now and a lot of companies now are like, Oh yeah, we totally like love someone who has all of this experience in different fields. So I think it's becoming a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. But definitely five years ago was totally different. Definitely had to hard. beg my hands and knees for it, different things. I'm still begging on my hands and knees for things. <laughs> like I don't feel like that's ever gonna end. <laughs> AJ, that was such a great introductory chat. It's time for our first game. Oh god. <laughs> So, our first game is called Questionable Impressions. I'm going to spin the wheel, give you a person, place, or character, and whatever it lands on, you'll have to do your best impression, and then continue the interview with that impression until the timer buzzes. Are you ready? Yes. Spin, spin, spin. AJ, your questionable impression is a white dude from your seminar class that is just piggybacking off of your idea. (laughs) Okay. okay. <laughs> I got it. So, uh, dude, uh, I just wanted to piggyback off our discussion earlier. Uh, like, about grad school. Yeah, you were talking about grad school. And to piggyback off of that, I was just uh, wondering, like, do you have any, like, fears about grad school? I know we talked about that a little bit, but we didn't really go into depth. So, like, yeah, I was just wondering about your views about that. Well, first of all, if you didn't know what grad school is, what it is is after you graduate from undergrad and then you go apply for grad school. I just felt like I had to explain that to you because maybe you didn't right. know that. Um, yeah, you know, I don't think I'm, anybody knows that. <laughs> exactly. I'm kind of the smartest person in this room. So you right. know, I just had to make Agreed. sure that you are at my level. Anyways, right. uh, grad school. I mean, I don't have any fears. Fears don't exist to me, you know, because right. I have all the resources in the world. I don't even have to be here right now. But if I didn't, what I would say (laughs) is that (laughs) what I'm the most worried about is, you know, running a business and uh, uh, (laughs) taking classes. But honestly, I'm not even going to lie to you. And this isn't me acting, saying this. Like, I really do feel like I'm protected. (laughs) No (laughs) grad school bro would say that. But (laughs) no, I get you, though. I get you, though. Ancestors, you know. So I really right. do feel like this is kind of the path I'm meant to be on. Right. Um, like but, and it is it. the best path. Um, right. And I don't know if you noticed, but I've been talking over you this whole time because nah, whatever totally you have to say is an important, um, just picking right. back off of that. <laughs> so like, I wanted to like, you know, go a little deeper into that. Like, you know, I really like that baseline that you set for there. Uh, like, are there classes that you're like, oh my God, I looked up the schedule and I'm like, dude, this class is like going to be so intense. Uh, any classes like that? No. No. <laughs> Period. No. Got it, dude. That's what we're talking about. Exactly. No, yeah. You uh, are you like now. worried about like running into other, you know, like we're two white bros. So like, but like, are you worried about running into other white bros who are like, yeah, dude. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, those are my homies. <laughs> right. Got those it. are my homies. Like, I'm actually excited because I feel like I'm going to have so much community. Uh, right. <laughs> but if I, if I wasn't in that situation, what I would say is that High key, I'm very stressed that there's not a lot of, of Negro faces in that space. <laughs> but I will say, you know, at the end of the day, it's good for me because that means I just don't have to go out of my way to, like, talk to a lot of people as an introvert. Right. Um, right. And, that's you know, just piggybacking off of that, I really yeah. do feel like that's how I feel about that. Yeah. 
<laughs> right. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, I just want to switch gears for a second. Uh, like we talked about well, our, our parents are both teachers. teachers. Like, like, do you feel they like, like when you decided to go to grad school instead of med school? Were you just like, like dude, like you just, just gotta feel me on this though. though. Like, I know it's not like you know I'm not a doctor, but like I'm still a doctor. Like, how did you explain that to me? Them? Because like for me. Like, when I switched to environmental science from chemical engineering, my dad was like, you have to make me, like, a PowerPoint presentation. Like, I don't understand. I already heard about that. <laughs> yeah, like, it was insane. But, like, did you have to do anything, like, crazy like that? Or is it just my dad's, like, insane? First of all, um, well, I was literally about to say the first names because that's what, that's how I keep referring to them. First of all, mom and dad, I mean... They don't control me, you know, like at the end yeah, of the day, like, you're I am person. Who I am. but like, just tell them no. Like, that's how yeah. I feel. Just tell them no. Um, like, what? you gotta take your own freedom, dude. <laughs> exactly. Like, they're, they're in my space, they're in my area. Um, yeah. I, no regrets. If, if they weren't, though, um, what I would say is I had to sit them down and tell them, like, hey, y'all, this is what I had to do. I'm just not really interested. And, what right. happened um, was that they were like, all right, you're on your own. Pay your own car insurance. Pay your own oh, shit. Um, <laughs> and so that's what I've been doing ever since. Uh, but honestly, kind of grateful because I was going to have to do that anyways. Um, yeah, at some point. So. But, you know, money's not really a problem. You know, money's not really a problem. Right. Startup. Um, <laughs> Startup, dude. Exactly. Money's not a problem. Like, just ask right. your uncle for like $10,000. Like, that's all right. I thought of. <laughs> like I heard you got like this super big grant for Sula Labs and then I heard that you got like this super like awesome like GoFundMe donation so like money's not even an object it's like that kind of fell out of nowhere if you think about it, it kind of fell from the sky for like, real because if you think about it like white bros when they want to raise mo- I mean people like us when they want to raise yeah. money um, they just go ask their rich uncle they raise like a pre- uh, $1 million pre-seed round um, Sula Labs right. though only right. raised like $7,000 so like oh, wow. <laughs> And so, like... Oh, you kind of, like, just picked that out of somebody's hat on the street. Like, exactly. That, like, kind yeah. of wasn't enough. That's kind of pocket right. change. Um, but I am also kind of grateful, if you think about it, because right. I was able to, <laughs> as as the Blacks be saying, I was able to flip right. that. <laughs> oh, shit. You were able to fuck up that shit. Yeah. yeah it's like Slay a mama. five-figure company. Whoa. So, you know... <laughs> It like, if you think about it, it's kind of a micro business. That's kind of the new wave if you really think about it. Exactly. Um, sorry, I had to take my Coke break. Uh, but, like, yeah, like, that's going to be the hot new thing in LA. Like, micro dosing, but, like, micro business. Micro business, exactly. Just start one. Right. Just, like, the American dream, y'all, is just so, like, anyone can do right. it. If I can do it, get up and go do it. <laughs> right. I feel like you could even, like, fucking go to Home Depot, get your own fucking white picket fence, build it yourself. And then, like, boom, you have your white picket fence, dude. Exactly. Like, what is it? Like, what's not clicking? Because, like, if you simply wanted to go make money, just go and make the money. Yeah, you would just make the money. Like, yeah, it does grow on trees because money is made out of paper and paper is made out of trees. So it grows on trees. Damn. <laughs> Period. Period. Um, that was great. That's the end of our game. <laughs> it was weird because I was, like, going in and out between both. No, that was perfect. Um, I'm going to give you 2,000 points for that. That's the oh, first number that popped in my head. Yeah, thanks so much for doing that. That was hilarious. I love doing questionable impressions. <laughs> I've always been nervous for those. I was like, if I've ever had to... I've literally thought of this before. Like, if it was ever me, like, what would I do? And, like, be careful you what you that. manifest, folks. <laughs> you killed that. That was, that was great. great. 
Um, so in addition to attending graduate school, you're going to still run to the labs and from sifting through like previous interviews with your with BD Insider, I do my uh, homework. Thank you. Uh, not your first rodeo with startups. Like you've worked for startup companies. Seems like you liked it. Um, I don't know if you really want to talk about it, but I saw my daily lab or my. Oh yeah, multi. my daily multi. Yeah. Like yeah, it seems like you've done this before. So like, it's, startup culture is really something you like. I know that startup culture is insanely white. What? <laughs> like, how are you gonna balance both of those? And then like on top of that, like raising money, like that's so much effort. Like. What's your, I guess, you don't have to explain your entire details of your plan, but like, what's your <laughs> overall plan? plan? You're just like, like I'm Capricorn placements, I can do this. Yes, actually, because I've been thinking about this transition ever since I got an acceptance letter in January. So the mm-hmm. plan has been rolling out. Um, I just hired three people, which is super mm-hmm. exciting. Um, technically four, if you think about it. It's no longer just me. Um, now we're yeah. a team of six people, which is great. We have mm-hmm. an operations advisor, head of community and then we have R&D business development. And then we also oh. have an intern for formulation and intern for research, which is this great. This is like a real thing. It's a real thing. Yeah. So we have a research formula uh, intern and a development intern, which is mm-hmm. great because we are R&D, meaning I get yeah. help in both those areas. So I'm paying them. And I also, like I mentioned earlier, come from Northeastern where it's important to like pay people well. Right, I agree. <laughs> like, like, and that I'm really grateful for having that experience because I learned that like internships shouldn't be free. I was no. like, whoa. So, so y'all mean to tell me when you got internships in college, you were like doing it during the semester, like for free in summer, like for free. I'm so sorry, but it would never be me. Like that's, I, I would just simply not work. I, I would not have the internship experience because I'm not doing it. I just can't do that. I literally can't do that. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm just gonna have to pay them. So I yeah. am paying them $3,500 a semester, which honestly was a little insecure about that, that I was like, is that enough? But then that's like, more than I got paid under But exactly. Not to be like, that's more than I got paid. But like, that's, I think that's a fair salary. Okay, good. Because I had folks had to it's sit exciting. me down and be like, you have to understand, like, it's not like they have the degree already. But I'm like, but I still want to make sure that they're like supported good. and like, you know. Right. Um, Not to be like, you know, I want to make sure like. <laughs> I'm so benevolent and like, I'm so you know. like ethical. <laughs> um, But also. Like, I think it's good that you have reserves about that though. That shows that you're like. I don't know, empathetic. Yeah, and just like, I don't know, for what I'm asking them to do, they kind of need that. <laughs> right. Um, so, but in regards to startups, um, actually, the startup that I worked in for my co-op was the first one that I had ever really worked in besides mm-hmm. a brand that is now in Sephora currently that I worked in the summer before my first year of college. Um, but Multi is another one of my projects. <laughs> it's actually technically the second business that I own mm-hmm. in which um, it is a skincare and wellness essentials brand. So uh-huh. I have two lovely co-founders. One of them is um, Nina, who's like a really wonderful influencer and like mm-hmm. actually taught me a lot about the influencer like lifestyle. Because like, <laughs> at first I had not known any of that. It's I'm like, oh, these are kind of people like, yeah, hmm, interesting. But also, yeah. <laughs> Then there's Mal, who, like, has just an awesome marketing background. And Mm -hmm. we started this actually literally the week after I quit my last job um, last year, right before starting Sula. Mm -hmm. I um, (laughs) And right after getting that research grant, I really feel like the universe just gave me the tools because they're like, bam, here's a research grant. And then also Mal and Nina had reached out to me and they're like, we're working on this thing. We'd be interested to have a co-founder that, like, actually Mm -hmm. has technical expertise are you mm-hmm. interested? And ever since then, wow. I've been running it and developing products. So I also do. I love how everything falls in your lab like that. 
Okay, not really though, because like I said, not like not it. really, but like it feels like very like. Okay, I'm looking for some. Whoa, exactly. Sorry, yeah. there's somebody on my roof. <laughs> it definitely feels like protected. Like I do feel protected yeah. by my ancestors. That's like, gorgeous. Really I love that. <laughs> it's. I mean, they haven't failed me, but you know, you never know. <laughs> Child, I'd be asking for stuff. I feel like they'd be ignoring me. They're just like anyways. <laughs> when I ask for something, be removed. Oh, chopping block immediately. It's crazy. Like I can't get shit around here. But if I'm like, yeah, I kind of need this person gone. They'd be like, bet heard you like. But then once it comes to like, can I have five dollars? Like shit, <laughs> they're like, like, anyways, they're like, whoa, did y'all hear something? <laughs> I don't know. I need them to give me this job. Like, <laughs> you gonna get it? I know. I'm about to get it. Um. So like, the, the research, research that you're gonna be doing for your doctoral program is that directly related to Sula, or is that going to be something else? Um. Or is that going to connect to Sula, or is it going to connect to maybe a future project? How do you see that? Yeah, so the research that I'm going to be doing in my doctoral program will definitely be related to what I do currently, because um, mm-hmm. that's the only way that I feel like I can make this work, because yeah. <laughs> it would be difficult if I was, like, getting a history PhD and running a chemistry lab and then running Fair. a startup selling, like, I don't know, smoothies or something, but yeah. there, I'm, I'm, it's all science, like, it's, mm-hmm. it's all very well, like, enmeshed in, and it's also all stuff from me, right? So everything You're I right. create will definitely be something that I like, um, mm-hmm. but a big thing that I really want to tackle is the whole SPF uh, yeah. debate, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez, I do have lots of questions about those. Yeah, I'm ready to answer. Later. <laughs> um, but first, let's do our second game. Oh god. Okay. <laughs> our second game is called Bad News. It's our fill in the blank headline, headline games. games. I've, I've gathered, gathered the grossest, strange, and the absolute worst headlines, headlines I could find and turn it into a game just for you. Um, because you're a fan of the show, I've added a special twist. It's all science-related headlines. Oh, man. Are you ready? I was like, I'm ready for the reductress headlines. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sorry. But okay, yeah, it's fine. First one. Extreme temperatures fuel. It's three blanks. Extreme temperatures? Fucking climate change and, like, global warming? Um, no. Actually, online hate speech. Whoa. Apparently, the hotter that it gets, the more Twitter users are angry and, like, cursing at each other. Whoa! Honestly, I thought that was so cool. I yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we're already kind of mean to each other, like when it's not hot outside. Exactly. So. That's really funny. This next one: micro needling beats two blanks for acne scar treatment. Oh, it's got to be chemical peels. Yes. yes that's great. Oh, really? <laughs> no. Yeah. I've started microneedling for my acne treatments and I definitely noticed that. Definitely. And also I'm very acne prone as well. So I've always really loved your transparency with that journey because I feel like, you know. I feel like everybody be faking. I can't stand it. I also feel like the skincare brands be faking because why everybody in the joint got clear skin already? It doesn't make any sense. And they wear makeup. When I did a skincare, like, what is it, modeling gig? I saw they that. put makeup over the fucking I saw that. thing. I saw that. <laughs> Not me knowing literally everything about you. <laughs> it's okay. You're very, like, observant. I love that. I didn't even person. realize till now, like, how much I It's okay. Know. I'm very... I feel like I tell people what I want them to know, and I don't tell anybody what I don't want them to know. So everybody's like, I know everything about you. And I'm like, you don't. You know the things that I really want you to know, and the things that I don't, like, I just don't share. Exactly. Like, things that are embarrassing, I'm not going to say anything about it. But you would think that famous people would know that. Yeah, I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> Anyway, question three. New study. Females blank less than males. One blank. Females blank less than males. Sleep? No, unfortunately. It is is itch. itch. Oh my gosh. 
I was like, we I itched. think I've read this. Yeah, yeah it, it was, was on Science Daily. Daily Science Daily. I don't know. Mm, okay, yeah, that's, I'm that's why I know now. these headlines, actually. <laughs> yeah, I'm subscribed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently it's the, uh, some chemical. I'm, dang. I can't pronounce it, so I'm not going to say it because I'm embarrassed myself. Fair, fair, fair. Yeah, don't do that. (laughs) But basically, there's a chemical in our bodies that, like, is in higher uh, quantity than male's body. So we have, like, less, like, itchy skin. I was like, I feel like I itch a lot, but. I'd be itching a lot, too. In fact, y'all not going to like to hear this, but the Moderna virus (laughs) gave me a rash. It be making you itch, I'm saying. It it gave me a rash. The Moderna vaccine. It didn't give me a rash, but yeah, I definitely felt like my period was definitely like heavier after. It gave me hives for four months straight. Oh my god. Why do I feel like I remember that? Yeah. See? (laughs) I love I love knowing people. (laughs) I mean, we all know too much about each other, but also like because why do you know that I had hives for for months and why do I know that literally every single thing? I mean, on, in defense, in your defense, I run a podcast where I literally talk to my best friend right, 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 on a podcast. And in, like in halfway through defense. the show, she's always like, all the time, Adriana's like, you know, we're running a podcast, right? I'm going to bleep that out. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot we're not on FaceTime. <laughs> I fuck with Adriana. <laughs> she's great. Okay, question four. Dietary fiber in the gut may help with two blanks. Blank, blank. Is it like, well, this isn't two words, but is it like, like allergies like of the skin basically yes uh, that was so good they said it's like the fermentation of it yeah the gut skin axis big big thing yeah it's something we tackle like controls the rest of the body yeah it actually does something we tackle at multi i mean i'm developing a supplement currently so Ooh, (laughs) wow you do everything i love that (laughs) okay your final question question five Scent of a friend. Similarities in two blanks may contribute to social bonding. Hmm. Well, I feel like this would have to do with, like, just looking at this headline, I feel like this would have to do with, like, the composition of body odor. Yes, it is. (laughs) Similarities in body odor may contribute to social bonding. That feels like some prehistoric relic. That's actually really cute. I know! That is the end of our game. I think you got four out of five. So oh, nice. I'll give you 4,000 out of 5,000 points. Is there a leaderboard for this? There is a leaderboard for this. Oh, my gosh. Adriana is going to be a great friend and tell me what the score is after this because I'll probably forget to say it at the end. So I think you're up to 6,000 points now. Hey. Um, have no recollection of who's on the leaderboard and who's not. <laughs> me either. I'm so sorry. I can't tell you where you're placed. <laughs> so... That's the end of our game. Uh, let's get back to some questions. So you talked about um, in your interview with Beauty Insider that the driving force behind Sula Labs was really that a friend reached out, to, or one of the driving forces, I guess, was a friend reached out to you to formulate something for their darker skin tone because they didn't really see what they were looking for on the market. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of see pushback from formulators or just estheticians or dermatologists saying, you know, like, oh, basically anyone can use anything like pretty much because, you know, skin is just skin and like, how do you and Sula Labs um, and the other companies in your research like fight these myths? Like, how are you like, you know, when a dermatologist says something, like you're bound to agree with them because they're a doctor, right? But right. right. <laughs> without um, knowing that own information, you wouldn't be able to like push back. No, yeah, they are right. Skin is skin, and there is like no such thing like fundamentally as like se- separate products for darker skin. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's the nuance. <laughs> 
nuance has arrived. Um, so when my friend reached out to me, they were trying to formulate a product for hyperpigmentation. This mm-hmm. is where there actually is differentiation. And that's where I, this is where I find a lot of brands coming to me asking about two particular things, hyperpigmentation products and SPF products. Because those mm-hmm. two things are the main things where you'll see the difference, not only culturally in, in usage, mm-hmm. but also in results. Because mm-hmm. there actually does need to be a little bit more of a target for those melanocytes. Melanocytes mm-hmm. meaning, obviously, y'all know melanin is how we're, mm-hmm. how we're I hate that word, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hashtag melanin. Hashtag, uh, it's like slam poetry all over again. I hate seeing it in my research. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> but... So that's where it happens because we have to make sure that we're targeting the melanocytes in such a way that is more effective for darker skin because darker skin mm-hmm. produces more melanocytes, meaning it's more prone to hyperpigmentation and more prone mm-hmm. to having the hyperpigmentation stay put. Um, it's right. actually harder to remove a scar for darker skin than it is for lighter skin because simply put, there's just more melanocytes built up. Right. So when you have a hyperpigmentation product, it has to tackle the entire, what we call, what we scientists call as the melanogenesis pathway um, mm-hmm. with these things called tyrosinase inhibitors that can tackle the pathway at each step. So not mm-hmm. only the synthesis of the melanocytes, but also the transfer to the upper layer of the skin and then right. also the visible pigmentation. And mm-hmm. that is really the meat of where we are understanding where to differentiate these products for darker skin. Um, mm-hmm. Another big thing that people I feel like fail to recognize is that there's also a cultural difference in how Black people like their products. There just is. Right. Like the lather of, of you know, cleansers. Then there's also mm-hmm. things like them using Dr. Bronner's and then like Black right. people in Vaseline. Like there, we, there's a lot of things that we culturally hold on to, which is why mm-hmm. our value proposition is not only in research that centers around dark skin, because it's not necessarily that we're created products for dark skin. It's that mm-hmm. all of our research is centered on dark skin, which is not something you see anywhere in any research mm-hmm. um, lab in regards to formulating skincare products. The second thing is that we understand that black and black owned brands are a category in the beauty industry. And we like to support those brands through a lot of our efforts because there's an accessibility issue. A lot mm-hmm. of contract manufacturers and formulators are actually not familiar with the needs of black owned brands from mm-hmm. a cultural standpoint and from a formulation standpoint. And I've just heard from all of my clients that come to me, like, you're the first formulator that I feel like has really gotten me. And if that's mm-hmm. the case for hair products, if that's the case for our makeup, if that's the case for a lot of what we use on a day-to-day basis, right. that should also be the case for skin. And I found mm-hmm. that, like, you know, because it is an R&D studio, a lot of where brands like to differentiate their for dark skin is in the marketing more so than in the actual mm-hmm. R&D. And yeah. it's really important for me to make sure that that's reflected in the R&D and carried on through to the final product. So that is so like admirable because, yeah, I completely agree. I feel like I'll pick up something and I've stopped like this pattern. But like, I do feel like black skin or black hair stuff is like, it's gold. It's black. It's like, you <laughs> yes. know, has shea butter and olive yes. oil. And then it's like. And then you look at the ingredients and it's like, like nothing. nothing. It's not really effective. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not effective. Or I'll use it and it's not effective. Right. Um, even with hair stuff, especially with hair stuff. Especially with hair stuff. And this is something that uh, my head of community and I were talking about because we found that there was that push, you know, with Shea Moisture and, and the Sundial brand's acquisition, that there was that push <laughs> towards like, you know, oils and butters movement. Um, But that also shows, while that is culturally correct, there's that balance, right, that we seek to have at Sula, 
where it's where we're addressing the culture, but also addressing the fact that just oils and butters aren't enough to get the effects that we deserve and the right. effects that we need. Um, and that's right. also something that I found from a lot of the clean beauty brands that I formulate with because um, they'll at first come to me with like, okay, this is everything that I want. And then they'll find that like, it's not sensorially elegant. It's not, mm -hmm. it's not an elegant product by just having oils, butters, extracts, and so on and so forth. Um, right. And that's just a lot of chemophobia. And also it's important to acknowledge that chemophobia from the black community can be very warranted a lot of times right. because of the, the historical. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, those are the Binary things that balance. we address like at a whole standpoint. And so I love getting that question because I feel like sometimes folks are like, wait, so what is skincare for dark skin? I'm like, that's not what we do, but it is essentially what we do because yeah. <laughs> we focus on the Negroes. <laughs> yeah. You focus on like the knee, like you're, so basically what I'm hearing you say is your primary, the people that you primarily test, the pr people that you're primarily focused are on, are on dark skin people exactly. because not that there is a difference in the skin composition, but there's a difference in how the effect of the product is on exactly. the skin. And if you're only testing on, I think, what was it, the Fitzpatrick scale? Yes. I did my research. Um, <laughs> it's like, they usually focus on one through three, maybe four, exactly. but then five and six, it's like, we don't really know how this is even going to affect the skin or if this is going to have the same correlated effect. So you're saying like 90% of dermatologists agree with this product, you know, 90% of users, we like this product, but you haven't even tested 90% of users. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, I've been to some of the biggest like ingredient trade shows from some of the like, you know, most highly sought after suppliers right. in this industry. And every single time that I ask them or nine out of 10 times that I ask them of like, okay, the clinical testing that you did to substantiate these claims was this Fitzpatrick one through six? I'm a Fitzpatrick six, especially right. in regards to SPF. And they're like, no. And even in my own, my old clinical research job, I would ask like, why aren't we testing on darker skin tones? Cause it was a, a medical grade skincare company. And mm -hmm. they would say recruitment or, you know, the budget or like, there's I just don't believe that. I just don't believe that because me as a black person, I, I don't know where that. you would place me on the Fitzpatrick scale, but if you're doing skincare testing and I'm getting and I'm testing free products, I'm signing up. Exactly. And that's a big, I just don't believe you. Exactly. That's a big thing that we're also really getting into at Sula user sentiment, consumer sentiment, mm -hmm. especially for people with darker skin, because we're finding that there really is an untapped consumer sentiment that I feel like we blanket with being like dark skin, like just because you're black. But there's also a user aspect, a user experience mm -hmm. aspect to it that we're really trying to put some data behind. So, yeah. Follow-up question, just to piggyback off that. No, but like, do you think maybe this chemphobia, um, not saying that it's necessarily from darker skinned people in general, but from black people in general, do you think that's attributed maybe to, these things aren't even tested on black people. We, when you do try them, they're not, they don't work. So now I have to go find my own stuff. You know, Absolutely. I'm mixing the shea butter. I'm on all the blogs. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, sharing, you know, Instagram memes with somebody who's telling me like, coconut oil has SPF like 100, you know, yes. like because these things don't even work for you. Yes, exactly. And I've found also that I found a lot more black people doing that mixing and that at, like doing that, that at home chemistry, which is really interesting because that's also a really big thing with Sula is that we found that this is the, like the most buying powers for black people in the beauty industry. Mm -hmm. The most like emerging brands are black women that are, you know, yeah. cooking up stuff in the kitchen, which you could, I mean, that's, that's a whole, I mean, here and there, but, <laughs> but that's, if this is the biggest category here or one of the biggest categories with a really, really promising compound annual growth rate, why mm -hmm. is this not something that is being honed in on in regards to consumer research? 
and not mm. being funded and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's what we do. It really is a lab in that it's so experimental. Like my clients have told me like when they worked with previous formulators, it's so like cut and dry. But with me, mm-hmm. I'm always willing to try something and like be like, oh, let's, you know, maybe we'll see. Does this work? Does it not? Yeah. I have the time. That's where the create. You're <laughs> not afraid to take risk. That's oh, where the creative all. aspect I mean, comes in. You have like that sign. And that's a PhD also. That's school. Like, yeah. But that's the, life. No, for Shit. real. Like you kind of. It's you got five years to figure it out for real. <laughs> I mean, not in life, not in life, but yeah, PhD, no, you got five thing. years to figure that joint out. Like, yeah, that's kind of life in general. Like, or else, I mean, you're just gonna kind of be living this monotonous thing where it's like you're kind of the passenger seat instead of the driver's seat. And that's um, also fine. I'm not even gonna lie to you because I like yeah. being driven. <laughs> I like being driven. I don't like having to figure every single thing out mm-hmm. on my own. Um, right. But having that freedom, which is something I'm gonna miss when I start school and I'm once again under a bureaucracy. But having, and also I was talking to, I was saying yesterday to Ian, like, wow, I'm not going to be like in charge. Like that's something I have to like really internalize. Cause like oh, I, I delegate like all that stuff. Uh, but I'm a So Capricorn, Virgo, earth, heavy earth sign placements. Pretty much. Yeah. I only say that cause I have heavy earth sign placements in my chart. Pretty much. Girl. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the sunscreen topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a lot of reasons, people don't think black people need sunscreen because, like, melanin is. Oh no, let me do my hope that voice. My <laughs> queen, melanin is the natural sunscreen. Our ancestors did not need melanin. Um, and I guess to be more explicit, like I personally know, but I think it's really important to be explicit. Is like, what are the dangers that can come out of not wearing sunscreen as a black person? So. When I'm asked and even talking about this topic, I really like to try and not err on the side of like fear Fear. based. Yeah, because I feel like and and it is it is scary. Like you should be fearful. You should. (laughs) You should fear. But there's also, again, that cultural aspect in that like we be out in the sun and like we get like Mm -hmm. I get a lot of energy from being out in the sun. Like it's very important to get some sun and not to like be like this <laughs> yeah like, i feel like i've seen like people like wear full on like protective everything which is still fair like you know the sun is yeah she's, she's not the sun is harmful. she's not the most uh gentle but the the dangers of not wearing spf day one i mean there's a lot of aesthetic things such yeah. as like you know wrinkles and photo damage and hyperpigmentation mm-hmm. if you are someone that um su- suffers with experiences hyperpigmentation um and chronic skin conditions you probably do want to wear sunscreen because you know you're not <laughs> you're not doing yourself a favor by darkening your spots um on a daily basis but also right. what's wrong with dark spots i'll be thinking about that there ain't nothing wrong i'll be thinking about that. that because why i went to the dermatologist so i don't know i go to dermatologist i have acne scars but she was like yeah like we could clear those i'm going for something else but she was like yeah we can clear your dark skin spots and i was like oh i'll think about it and she handed me this paper for this like super expensive treatment and I'm like, you know, I've been really trying to get rid of my dark spots since I like ninth grade. And I was like, they haven't gone away. And I was like, what's the big deal? Why do I have to have like, you know, porcelain clear skin? I was like, and I'm going to buy this expensive ass treatments for the shit to come back. Because exactly. acne's gonna, going away. I'm acne prone. Exactly. I, I really don't. And this is just like overall, I really don't like how the skincare industry speaks to like a lot of things that our skin just generally. Like the, fa- the face has to be like taut. Yeah, you know, has like, to be clear at all times. You can't have no hair. Like, what's Forget wrong an with that? <laughs> It's like, I don't know. I talked about it last week or on the most recent podcast, but like this achievement to beauty where it's like, you know, we're all kind of moving in this direction where we're all kind of looking the same. And no, I don't know. I, every time I go to LA, no shade to LAers, but I'm like, <laughs> wow, this is crazy. Like, Y'all whoa, are very all much of you, the same. 
a lot of them look the same. They're, and it's not even giving, but... <laughs> I mean, as quiet as it's kept, but... In regards to, like, SPF, though, I... The main thing is, yes, aesthetic. So if you're mm-hmm. if you're focusing on any sort of, like, long-term skin condition that you want to tackle, SPF is usually one of the answers to that. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not acne, actually. But SPF is usually one of the <laughs> answers to that. But then there's also the danger of skin cancer. Um, mm-hmm. There are UVA and UVB rays that are, they come from the sun. We have a hole in our ozone, so it just gets worse and worse over time. Yeah. And one thing that's interesting that I actually don't think a lot of people know is that any tanning, any darkening is a sign of sun damage. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I didn't yeah. know that one. It's because so, like, that just means summer... that it, it did what it had to do. It increased the production of melanin. And that's okay. responsible of UVB rays. That's like sun damage. Okay, so even like your summer, quote unquote, summer color. Yeah. You have sun. <laughs> Pretty much. But also, I don't like that it's framed as damage. Like, okay. while it low-key kind of, it, well, isn't it is. damage when it's just an increase in the production of melanin. Like, what's wrong? That's why okay. like, a lot of our, like, conversations are dark it. spots. What's wrong with being dark? What's wrong about, yeah, what's wrong with being dark? What's wrong with and, being like, dark? Okay, so it's not damage in this case that, like, you're automatically going to have. Like, the UVB is automatically right. causing skin cancer. Right, exactly. But it's damage and your skin is, like, fighting back against the sun. Right, exactly. As a result of UVB rays, like, literally cooking on your skin, your okay. skin produces more melanin. And that shows that UVB rays have, they've done what they've had to do. Yeah. So maybe something, like, more akin to, like, a keloid or, like, when you cut your skin, like, you know, exactly. you get a scar over it. But it's not, you didn't. Your arms didn't come you didn't off do anything wrong. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Makes yeah. me feel a little bit better. I was like, <gasps> exactly. Yeah. And that's why like SPF is important because it if it's broad spectrum, that means it takes care of UVA rays and UVB rays. Um, mm. Meaning UVB rays, you're kind of defending yourself against that tanning. UVA rays, you're mm-hmm. defending yourself against sunburn and like um, okay. like irritation and all that stuff. Um, oh. But you know. People's skin can be resilient. I mm-hmm. I personally don't wear body SPF, even though I should. <laughs> I should. <laughs> but like, if only there was... Well, actually, I'm not even going to get into that because... <laughs> I want to ask about the sunscreen. Like, sometimes it leaves a like a white cast. Yes. I don't often have that issue or like you'll fade in after a while. I mean, I feel like I care less mm-hmm. than other people about the cast. But like, do you think that factors into especially Black people not wanting to yes. wear it? And like, where does that come from? What is the white cast? Yeah, that's a great question. So the white cast um, is really a result of... This is the analogy I like to use. When people say, okay... I want a mineral sunscreen, mineral meaning only zinc oxide or titanium dioxide as the UV filters. Mm-hmm. I want a mineral sunscreen, but without the white cast. That's essentially like saying, I want a glass of water, but I don't want it to be wet. I want a glass okay. of water and I want all the <laughs> nutrients from H2O that I'm going to receive from that, but I don't want it to be wet. Zinc okay. oxide and titanium dioxide, their inherent properties are, they reflect UV light. They're mm-hmm. really great for sun damage. Like, photo damage sort of attacking but also an inherent property of them is that they are pasty materials they Mm -hmm. they just are inherently white they inherently leave that cast so for a Mm -hmm. formulator our challenge is actually to not lessen the amount of zinc oxide or anything like that but rather to manipulate the um, formulation in such a way that you're forming a film that disperses the zinc oxide evenly against the skin but it's just Mm. so complicated and so hard that this is just something that formulators never want to tackle because mm-hmm. 
even and it's I expensive. saw this myself like at my previous job they're not te- once they do an iteration they test it on the skin it's not like there's black people in the lab help <laughs> it's not like, like oh there. it's good exactly so they're like oh this looks good great that i've literally seen Got this happen it. yeah and so wow. it, this is where i'm like r&d is so important to have right. people that look like you because we're thinking about these things when mm-hmm. we formulate a lot of people aren't thinking if you're about white and things. you have a white cash you can't even really see the shit so exactly like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's Got that's it. my job. <laughs> um, I think you kind of answered this before, but I just wanted to ask it again. Do you think perhaps the way that skincare is marketed puts too much emphasis on beauty and not necessarily it being like a type of medical preventative? Because as you're talking, I'm like, this is a medical preventative. Like exactly. in some instances, I mean, some stuff is kind of like cosmetic, like dark dark spots. Like, what's really wrong with a dark spot? Like, you know, picking my acne is not going to give me like you know mm-hmm. cancer, but like the sun can. So it's like, how do you think, and I know you're talking about maybe, um, you know, expanding Sula and like doing marketing and like being a one-stop shop. How do you think it, do you think it's possible to balance this within the marketing for your brand? Like, this is not only for aesthetic reasons. Like, yeah, like we're going to stop you from getting wrinkles, but also like, this is medically necessary skincare. So this is a really, really, I love this question. Um, and this is a question that you should chalk this up with the FDA child because here's how, here's how skincare is regulated. I got my beef with them. <laughs> exactly. Here's how skincare is regulated in the United States. The United States in particular. Um, cosmetics are regulated as cosmetics and drugs are regulated as drugs. Cosmetics can only be used to um, alter or beautify or improve your appearance. That's the only way you can market it. Um, mm. The second that you're like, oh, this is going to prevent you from having wrinkles, that's a drug claim. Can't say it. Mm. You've got to register as an OTC drug. FDA is going to come for you. SPF is regulated as both a cosmetic and a drug. So you can say those beautifying claims, but you can also say protects from UV, like actual like medical clinical drugs. Right. But with like a hyaluronic acid serum, you can only really say um, bright, or inc- uh, increases the appearance of youthfulness rather than saying literally like upregulates the amount of hyaluronic acid synthesis in your skin because that's a drug claim like anything that structure function is a drug claim and this is like it's such a it's so embarrassing for real because (laughs) because like the only way you can talk about your products is like this is how it helps you look more beautiful and that Mm -hmm. is just such a fundamental i personally think that is such a fundamental flaw and because it it really does like change how we approach skincare it really does inform how we approach how we see ourselves and to mm-hmm. say, like, improve the appearance of, that's, it's like one of those things where it's like, I'm getting hives, I'm just going to take antihistamines. That's not helping stop the source. It's just helping, like, right. not make me itch. Like, it's not. Oh, so exactly. is that maybe why we've seen kind of a rise in more of this, like, the aesthetics of skincare have become more chemical. Exactly. People yeah. have, like, shown. Okay. So that makes sense. Because I'm always like, okay, it's kind of like a medical necessity if you really think about it yeah but then i'm like but we're like oh yeah you'll be pretty afterwards but then also we have like people in lab coats exactly but here's where i also have qualms with that because i've seen a rise of and you probably read about this on beauty dependent but beauty dependent yeah. only gives you three <laughs> free like articles oh um, i've been in incognito mode no, exactly. all week <laughs> i'm like yeah i need to like follow up exactly. on what aj said <laughs> the thing that i have like a big beef with though is that like that really does leave clinical trials to, instead of them being an effective tool to really get to the root of a problem, it becomes a marketing tool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like it's almost become yeah. like a, a requirement for brands. Even if you go to Hailey Bieber's new brand, 
you see results. Mm-hmm. Like 98% of people said this, said that. That right. is because of a clinical or cons- well, I think she did a consumer test instead of a clinical. Uh-huh. But instead of it being as a vehicle for like data and efficacy and like, you know, I expect to see it. Exactly. It's just like sort of a marketing tool that's mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, we did the science and it's like, yeah, you should be fucking doing the exactly. science. Exactly. FDA approved. Like exactly. that's not, it's not helping me any. Okay. That's, yeah. That clears up a lot of my questions. I hope it's cleared up a lot of listener questions. It's too. a fucked up industry, y'all. Like, there's a lot of it, a lot of the questions that you're probably having, like that are like, well, why can't y'all just do this? It it's all goes back to either the FDA or white people. That's <laughs> that's pretty much both. my beef in the food industry too. Exactly. Yeah. When I'm like looking at farm to table stuff, I'm like, why can't we just? And I look it up, and it's like, yeah. So the FDA said, and I'm like, mm, okay. Supply chain, all that stuff. Supply what was chain. That one book that we had to read about in a push about like meat and how that like changed the like how we all view like meat in America. I didn't take AP US history. <gasps> you just took Ush. I took AP World. Oh. <laughs> AP World. I yeah. I took. I just took World. <laughs> <laughs> you were lucky. <laughs> I just got the regular version of the world. Yeah. So. We're talking about a lot of chemistry. It is time for our third game. Our third game is called Do We Have Chemistry? I've made a super special game just for you. Um, One of my favorite things about this show is making specific games for my guests. So in this game, I'm going to give you two product types and you're going to tell me if they have chemistry. Are you ready? I'm very ready. Number one, benzoid peroxide and retinol. (laughs) I love that all of these are misspelled. They're misspelled? Every single one. Well, Are you kidding just, me? Just, well, okay, maybe not every single one. I'll just... There we go. But Oh, benzoil. Uh, benzoil. Uh. <laughs> that is my thing. I can't say any words. <laughs> no, I, I, I also knew that. <laughs> Although, let me take it easy. Let me take it easy. Um, benzoyl peroxide and retinol. This is a, a certain topic that divides the skincare industry. So I'm glad oh, this is like this you guys is like 9/11. No, for real. I so benzoyl peroxide, it's an acne medication for those of you mm-hmm. who don't know. Um and what they do is they break down like benzoyl radicals on your skin into benzoic acid. Then there's also retinoids. So like the family of retinoids like retinaldehyde, retinoic esters, all that stuff. Um that is such a like stable chemical to where it needs to almost be encapsulated to work like in any single like situation where anything mm-hmm. else could potentially throw off the performance of retinol. So a lot of people advise to actually either use these alternatively or mm-hmm. to just not use them together. But there's mm-hmm. not a lot of evidence on this. Um, okay. So yeah. if you have really resilient skin, I would say give it a go. If you don't uh-huh. have really resilient skin, people tend to flake just off of retinol alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I would not, I would not recommend it for the average person. Um, okay. So yeah. That's, yeah. Cause that's I was that. reading up on this and I was like, I feel like I've used these before, but this website is saying no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's the other thing. Um, well, derms, that's, a whole, that's a whole conversation about derms. <laughs> Just dermatology. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. You're going to have to tell me how to say this next one. Niacinamide. Niacinamide. Okay. Yeah. Number two. <laughs> Niacinamide and vitamin C. Do they have chemistry? Um, so niacinamide and vitamin C, there's some old, <laughs> I love that there's nuance to all of these. There's some old research <laughs> that shows that when you put together niacinamide and vitamin C, they can form nicotinamide. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nicotinamide, which... Um, Related to nicotine or no? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, niacinamide, for those, uh, everyone in the back, is actually vitamin B5. So it's a vitamin. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> so this is actually two vitamins that you're putting together, vitamin mm-hmm. B5 and vitamin C. So old studies have shown that what they can do is form um, nicotinamide, which is actually an irritant for your skin. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, the evidence isn't really conclusive in that sense. And like, actually, a lot of people do vitamin C and, <laughs> vitamin C and niacinamide anyways, and like no one's died. So I like this combination personally. Um, that's what the science says. I don't really believe that study. But me personally, I say it's yes. But <laughs> okay. one, only if you do, you know, you know, like vitamin C in the daytime, don't do it at nighttime. Okay. Is vitamin C supposed to, because I'm about to get on vitamin C for my skin. Um, is it supposed to be a daytime thing or is it a nighttime thing or you could alternate? Or... Technically, you I can know. use it at nighttime, but the real function mm-hmm. of vitamin C is free radical scavenging, um, mm. which is really only useful in like environmental pollution, like sun protection, like settings. So it's okay. to your best advantage to use your vitamin C in the daytime. Hmm. Okay. Good to know. Question three, glycolic acid and sunscreen. Do they have chemistry? So this is a simple one. Um, Glycolic acid is an alpha hydroxy acid, meaning it is, y'all have heard of AHAs versus BHAs. So BHAs, Mm -hmm. I like to say, go below the skin. So they go into the pore and tackle acne and stuff in that way. AHAs are above the skin, meaning they're great for exfoliation. Glycolic acid, because it's an AHA, what's recommended is actually that you wear sunscreen in the daytime um, when using glycolic acid. So I would say yes, but use glycolic acid at nighttime. Don't use it in the daytime. I knew that. I knew you're supposed to use it at night. I are there any exfoliants that you should be using during the day? Um, technically no. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted to clear that up for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Question four. Retinoids and hyaluronic acid. This is a great pairing. Um, hyaluronic acid, I think this ingredient gets a lot of buzz for for really good reasons, actually. Like I, I really hate to say it, but it's just so great to formulate with. It's cost effective. It's really <laughs> great in terms of efficacy. Um, but hyaluronic acid and we have it in our bodies right what we have it in our bodies right yes yes actually it's one of our skin's natural moisturizing factors and I was actually explaining this to someone yesterday (laughs) when (laughs) we have things like ceramides in our products and like hyaluronic acid um, we synthesize those naturally in our skin but the best way to like replenish your skin with that is to use synthesized version like synthetic versions of those to Mm -hmm. fill in the gaps in your skin because it would be weird to use there's no way to like use your own ceramides to replenish your right. own ceramides. So that's really how that works. But retinoids and hyaluronic acid, use your retinoids at nighttime. Hyaluronic acid works well with this ingredient. All right, final one. Question five. Salicylic acid and vitamin C. Do they have chemistry? So you could. I mean, in the based off of what we've learned over this conversation, you salicylic acid should definitely be a nighttime thing because it's an acid Mm -hmm. vitamin c should be more of a daytime thing so just if you use it in that way in your routine then i would say it's a yes (laughs) that was so great um i can't give you any of those wrong because you gave me such great explanations and there's nuance to all of it that's why i'm like it's hard there's nuance to all skincare how does it react with your skin everybody's skin is different exactly um, that was so well explained. I'm just going to give you a full 10,000 points. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was excellent. Like, you're so brilliant. What? Thank you. That's my I love when people are talking about, like, their passions and it, like, super comes through. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> um, speaking of passions, I love talking about the future. And I'm so interested in seeing what you do next with your degree and your company. Like, definitely will be stalking you on social media. Sorry. Um, and we talked about in pre-show about how Sue Labs is expanding into the influencer marketplace and to kind of be this one-time one-stop shop 
Uh, is this pretty much common practice of the skincare company now to like need influencers like 2022 and beyond? Um, and what are you specifically like looking for in influencers who do not know yet? Or what is that process going? Well, the great thing about influencer marketing, which I actually think is kind of heavily on the decline, is that you kind of have these people. I, yeah, exactly. I was like, influencers, <laughs> I feel we're going to hit a boom and bust. Exactly. No, for real, because there are these people doing the field work for you instead of, mm-hmm. and it's in a, in a field where it's, you know, free range, which is the digital mm-hmm. space. Um, what I'm really thinking for this program is having professionals and not nerds, mm-hmm. but chemists, because mm-hmm. I really do think if you have questions about chronic skin conditions and skin function, go to a derm for that mm-hmm. answer. If you have questions about products, go mm-hmm. to a chemist or an esthetician. Stop mm-hmm. asking the derms about the products because not yeah. a lot of them know. And that's not their their area of expertise for a lot of them. Sometimes it is, mm-hmm. sometimes it isn't. Um, so in regards to that, I would really like to maybe collaborate with chemists as influencers. Um, so if there are any black chemists listening, any chemists, any Patrick, in the four through six chemists listening, four through six <laughs> specifically, I think that's brilliant actually to do chemists. Like as soon as you said that, I was like, oh yeah, because you're R and D. Exactly. Like, you're yeah. looking for you're looking for brands who will be following chemists. Exactly. Oh, it's my mind. <laughs> Your mind, honestly, because I was like, yeah, like, of course, you'd be looking for maybe like dark skin influencers. But I'm like, like, is there a chemist influencer marketplace already? Or it is are very, we not very there niche. I think mm. what I would really like to do is, well, two things. And these are just ideas. One, I want to do like a subscription, well, not subscription box, but like a box that like maybe folks mm-hmm. can buy like at the end of the year of all the products that I've made in that year. Ooh. Um, Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get a free one. But secondly, ah! I think what I want to do is also maybe target chemists that work at ingredient suppliers, like brands. Okay. Um, because at the end of the day, they're on the field. They're creating the next generation of products. I want more research focused people part of mm-hmm. this rather than like, a traditional influencer where to find them i don't know but (laughs) i feel like we'll find it (laughs) i think that's brilliant yeah because you i think that maybe too much influence has been put on influencers to like tell us what to buy and it's like at the end of these at the end of the day like these people are making a check off of what they're telling you to buy so like how is that reliable versus Sure, maybe a chemist would be making a check off of it, but they're also a chemist who knows what they're talking about in the formulation of it. Exactly. So like they'd be like, yeah, this would be, you know, helpful for this. Um, but yeah, I agree that it's like would be a super niche market because I'm like, I'm trying to think of the number of chemists that I just know in my daily life. And I'm like, no, for real. Yeah, that's going to be might hard. Make three. <laughs> it's going to be very hard. But I also I also really think that like, there's a lot of skincare content out there. Like mm-hmm. what ingredients to pair with what? Like there's so much mm-hmm. content out there and I don't want to add to the noise. I want to be really intentional right. about like what it is we're trying to convey. And mm-hmm. what we've been doing on the Sula Labs Instagram is actually mm-hmm. in formulation anatomies, which I really Which looks like beautiful, by the way. Really? Oh my goodness. It's gorgeous. Like when I was making your little um, additional little screen thing, like not the logo. But yeah, that thing. Like, thing. I really like it, by the way. I like, thank you. I was like going through, I was like, this is gorgeous. Like, I love this Instagram. I think it's cute. I love the color pink. I just think, I think it's really well done. Like the pictures that you guys took. Oh um, my god! Like the stock photos are just excellent. I really do think it's really great. I'm really glad to hear that because no one ever feels final on their branding, you know? Like, yeah, always, <laughs> it's constantly like, changing. Yeah, you always see stuff that you want to fix. So I'm always looking yeah. at it from that lens. But it's always really sweet to hear that. It's gorgeous. Um, I definitely recommend everybody check it out at Sula.labs on Instagram. Um, yeah, 
I think that's brilliant to have chemists. Um, are there any other things that you can tell me what's coming for Sue Labs or what you're interested in doing in the future? Maybe oh my stuff gosh. that's not. gosh. Yeah, let me think. So we are going to be expanding into manufacturing by Q3 of 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to hire a black designer, by the way, like to mm-hmm. just hand off. Because right now I'm doing everything in Canva. This is a shameless job post. Um, right now I'm doing everything in Canva. Um, I had a graphic design minor in college. So I was like, okay, You've done everything! <laughs> no. I am not. But I just want to pass that off to someone. Simply. Okay, we're looking for dark skin chemist, Fitzpatrick scale, four, four through, through six. six. And that's so discriminatory. I love it. I can't disagree with it because what the hell do I look like and you're porcelain toilet skin color and you're going to be reviewing this product. Like, you're bad, you're bad for the brand. I'm sorry. Um, and we're looking for a graphic designer. Primarily... I was about to say, are we going Fitzpatrick 436 again? Like, might as well. 436, that's the ideal. I think it's okay. I'm going to argue, I don't know, I'm biased, but I'm like, look, I think it's okay for certain things and certain branding things. And especially like, I don't know, it's it's nice to have everybody on the same page. And you know what I'm looking for? They still kind of won't be, if you think about it. They won't be. There's enough diversity, but you kind of, like I was a designer- Okay, you would understand, yes, I need a dark-skinned Black person on this poster. To think I, you have to even relay that. Who and I wouldn't have to relay that. And then just, like, the way that things are constructed. Because I think Black people have a different vision of beauty than white people. I think everybody just has... I mean, we all have our different worldviews. But I think culturally, there are completely different ideas of what is beautiful, what matches. And white people's idea of what Black, like, would be beautiful but Black people is so obvious. Like... Every time I go into the hair care aisle at like Walmart or Target or whatever, I'm like, I know a white person owns this. I know a white person owns this. Because it's just like the way it's, it's like, this is black African queen, like, hotetress Africa, mother Africa. And like the ones, and then like stuff like Honeypot or like, um, yeah, like Shea Moisture before it got transferred over was so cute. Like little pink bottles, like. They really, they, well, they didn't fumble no bags. We fumbled but bags. <laughs> we fumbled, like, I don't know. Shane Marshall worked it for they me at one point, bag. and then it did, and then they got their bag and left. It worked for me at one point, and then all of a sudden, one day, like, the it just stopped. mustard like, custard my stopped. Hair dry? <laughs> my hair was dry, flaky, the white stuff was coming out in the sink. It was crazy. For real. <laughs> but yeah, I think the way that we envision beauty and beautiful things is different. And, you know, from outside looking in, sure, Black people have, like, shared all this information about our stuff online, and, you know, people are co-opting it, but you will never truly you know, have a envisioning feature, you're always going to just be outside looking in. So how can you tell me what something is going to be beautiful? Exactly. To, and that's, that's like, a whole people I'm marketing to. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, Fitzpatrick 436, graphic designer and chemist. I know y'all out there. Send us an email and I'll forward it to AJ. <laughs> you could <laughs> send AJ a message. Uh, like, you know how to reach us. <laughs> yeah, you don't, know, you don't know where to find us. Speaking of find us, we're finding us a fourth game. Our fourth and final game is called Trivial Trivia. It's a trivia game where we see all that you know about a whole lot of nothing. Um, I'll let you pick the category and I'll give you an A, B, C, or D answer. Your options are between these three iconic black television shows. First television show is My Wife and Kids, yeah. The Bernie Mac Show, or Girlfriends. Uh, hmm. <laughs> I would have, okay, My Wife and Kids sounds really uh, tempting. <laughs> But we gonna have to go with girlfriends. Great. So, question one: Who plays Lynn? Persia White. 
<laughs> Whoa. I didn't even have to read the... <laughs> Um, bonus. True or false? Lynn is a vegetarian. She's vegetarian, but I wonder why she's not vegan. Okay. Oh. Is, I thought is she was vegan. Right? <laughs> no, I thought she was vegan. Oh, am I wrong? She could be vegan. Yeah, I think she's vegan. Are you serious? I'm pretty sure she's vegan. She was eating them bagels with the cheese on them. Oh, stop. <laughs> Let me see. Is Lynn from Girl? Vegan from Girlfriend. <laughs> or vegan. I swear she was vegan. I know that she, like, Persia White is vegan. Oh my god, uh, Lynn is vegan, I think. Lynn's vegan, yeah, Lynn's vegan, sorry. Did not oh, well. <laughs> All right, question two. How many seasons are in Girlfriends? Um, eight, I believe. Uh, you're pro, I didn't even <laughs> need to read it. Okay, good. <laughs> my answer to you was like, it's still in the air. <laughs> I wish it was still in the air, although that would be very interesting. Do you think it could have transformed into like a... 2010s 2020s show i think it's strictly like i think early 2000s i don't think it was very of its time yeah i don't think it yeah there would be no william yeah no because <laughs> they would be like girl why the fuck like exactly this is ladies night what's going on yeah all right question three joan tony and lynn were roommates at what university UCLA. A, UCLA. Oh, I didn't even have to. You know what? I don't even have to give you an ABC answer. You real girlfriend. <laughs> I am. Yeah, I'm the sixth. The, the sixth. The yeah, seventh. the sixth. <laughs> I'm literally gonna rewatch that show like after my test tomorrow. Like, oh. yeah, please. All right. Question four. Why did Joan and Tony's friendship end? Why did Joan and Tony's friend Joan Subroof cried? No, that didn't. That didn't. Happen. Although it should have ended when when it when that happened. But well, one I know the real reason why is because Tony was gonna go do another show and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in the show, why did Joan and Tony's friendship end? Was um, it a Joan slept with Greg? Battle. Yes, should have <laughs> ended way earlier. But final question, question five: What is William's full name? William is Jordan. it? Jerome. William yes. Jerome Dent. That's what, how is Jerome spelled? Um, J-E-R-O-M-E, right? J-O is two R's and a W, silent W. Really? Did they say that yeah, in the show? J- mm-hmm. What, what episode? Mom, like, I don't know the episode. And why didn't number, you have but... Esquire next to it? I did have Esquire. There's different ones. I was going to give you the different ones. You messed it up. <laughs> Is it William Jerome Dent Esquire and Jerome is spelled with two R's and a silent W? Is it Williard Jerome Dent Esquire? Is it William Jerome two R's and a silent W Dent? Or is it William Jerome no two R's, no W Dent Esquire? Not to erase what I put. <laughs> William Jerome correct. with a W Dent Esquire. Esquire. Uh, uh, bonus. Is he a girlfriend? Yes. Okay. Super bonus. Please sing the girlfriend theme song in all of its glory. Okay. <laughs> My girlfriend. Oh, now and she can sing too? And what? they're like walking. They're like walking <laughs> in, the, in the shot. <laughs> yeah, that's my shit. Wow, you can sing. That's crazy. You really can do everything. <laughs> that was not good singing, but I appreciate it. <laughs> that was better than me, so. Yeah, I agree. I've heard you sing. I'm oh, really? What? <laughs> that was cold. Um, I'm going to give you 2,000 points because you shaded me at the end. Um, so, <laughs> we're going to take a break, listen to a little bit what you have to say about yourself, Sula Labs, and then we'll come back and for our spin the wheel. 
I'm AJ, and I am the founder and chemist of Sula Labs, Inc., um, which you can find on Instagram at Sula, S-U-L-A dot labs, L-A-B-S. Um, what we do is we develop skincare products for dark skin and black-owned brands, um, and a lot of our clientele is currently affiliated with Target, Sephora, and Unilever, as well as independent beauty brands that are currently emerging, whether it's your first product or your 100th product. So you can find us on our website, which is currently being redesigned, um, at sula-labs.com, or you can email me at hello at sula-labs.com. We're currently also, if you're interested, looking for a black graphic designer. Um, if you're interested in looking at what a, a lot of our design looks like now, you can go to our Instagram and see what it looks like. Um, and we're also hoping that you are black um, <laughs> and can work well with Canva, Photoshop, um, literally any of those design channels. We are also looking for influencers and that's just really being chemists. If you're a chemist, would love to hear from you. And if you're, if you're black, would love to hear from you. <laughs> and again, you can email us at hello at sula-labs.com. Now back to the show. Thanks for doing that little spiel, AJ. Um, it's now reached the end of our show. But before we let you go, we're gonna spin the wheel um, and... Today, your spin the wheel is listener questions. I have gathered three listener questions from our Discord listeners, um, and they just have some simple questions about skincare. All right, let's okay. do it. Number one, best way to get rid of oily T-zones on a budget? Oily T-zones on a budget. So this probably means that you're producing a lot of sebum, um, and that can be due to many factors, whether it's environmental, um, sometimes it's due to what you're eating, but a lot of the times it's just a genetic thing. So I would honestly recommend looking for ingredients like niacinamide. That's really great for sebum control. Um, I would also make sure that you are exfoliating quite regularly. So that really looks different for everyone. Um, I am someone that exfoliates every day. I also know that that's not realistic for a lot of people. So I would start off with like three days a week, um, especially in the T-zone area. If you're interested, you could also look into getting glycolic acid pads for your forehead and just like exfoliating that way in the nighttime. Um, I like to do that because I also have oily skin as well. Um, but you just mentioned you're broke, so uh, maybe yeah, just 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 spend. Money Stridex on has a good pad that's relatively cheap. Okay, nice. Has, yeah, um, go ahead. Yeah, it has glycolic acid in it. I would Perfect. say so, uh, yeah, Stridex pads. And look at the ordinary; they have they have great stuff. Yeah, salicylic acid. That's a big thing because again, BHA goes below the surface and helps clear the pores that way. So hope that helps. Thanks for your recommendations. Question two. Tips for hormonal acne slash bacne plus maskne. Wow, lots, a lot lots going on, yeah. Um, well, right off the bat, hormonal, um, I would classify that under a skin condition, which means that's something that a dermatologist would be most helpful for. Um, but in in you know, we we can't always go to a doctor, so like is it my voice like <laughs> for, for an at-home thing? <laughs> For hormonal, again, salicylic acid, that's a really, really big thing that I would recommend. Naturium, and that's spelled N-A-T-U-R-I-U-M. You can find them at Target. They have body washes that are relatively affordable. They're like $15, even though like 
but they're $15. It's medicated. They have a salicylic acid one, which I would totally recommend like in the shower, get any salicylic acid body wash because that's actually like really attacking like a lot of that hormonal buildup um, and sebum buildup. And then I also recommend a specifically the topicals um, body lotion. It's actually more of a body serum, but that has retinol, lactic acid, AHAs and BHAs. Actually, I don't think it has uh, BHAs, but it's an AHA body serum that's actually really great for just smoothing like texture and like the surface. I would definitely look for a lot of those active ingredients that you use on your face. Use them on your body. Very underrated. You know what? I need to get that body wash. <laughs> it's great. I use it. It's wonderful. Maskne? Oh, yeah, maskne. Um, maskne exfoliate for sure. Because what's happening with maskne is either irritation um, or buildup and being occluded by your mask, especially when you're sweating. So if it's buildup, you can definitely determine that. Like if you're sweating, then I would recommend, again, looking for those ingredients like niacinamide, um, maybe those glycolic acid pads for that exfoliation. If it's irritation, then I would do what's called the sandwich method before you put on your mask, which is doing a hydrating serum. Um, it could be like a hyaluronic acid serum. Honestly, it could even be glycerin if you're into that stickiness. <laughs> I love um, glycerin. I, I love lie. glycerin. <laughs> And then you go in with like whatever active you're using. So usually in the daytime, I would use, for example, a vitamin C or my SPF. And then on top of that, you would go in. On, well, don't do the SPF and then something on top. The SPF has to be the last layer. But if you're doing the sandwich me method, first layer, hydrating serum, second layer, active, third layer, hydrating serum again. Um, and then go with your SPF. But that's just a lot of application. So that would be like a last resort that I would recommend because I typically try not to like make people do the most. Um, mm -hmm. Especially changing masks more expensive. often. Yeah. Could help a lot. That too. A I simple mean, fix. I'm, yeah, I definitely carry two masks to prevent my mask and you like just change one during the day. Definitely. Even though that kind of gets expensive. Like No, for real. Especially if you were <sighs> like it's over. Yeah. All right. Final question. How to deal with chap lips caused by picking and biting? Chapped lips. Um, I've actually found there's not a lot of great products on the market for lips. I don't know why, but that just seems to be the case. Um, actually, I do know why. A lot of <laughs> lip products are formulated with things called emollients. And what they mm -hmm. do is they occlude the moisture that's already in your skin or on your lips. Um, the problem with that is that some people don't have actual moisture, like a ton of moisture in their lips. So you're not really mm -hmm. occluding anything. It's kind of like getting out of the shower, being dry, and then just putting on Vaseline without oh, like God. exactly that's kind of what you're <laughs> <just> doing itched. <laughs> exactly exactly so that's why i would recommend for your lips again it seems like the answer is always exfoliate exfoliation for your lips is actually highly underrated um mm -hmm. it's really great for like that dead like skin that builds up um obviously i would suggest kind of lessening your picking and biting which i found is actually more helpful when you wear things like lip gloss if you're into lip gloss um because you, you're like you're not wanting to like pick or bite the like um that like thin Gloss. that thick film yeah. yeah um but chapped lips i mean it's that is one of those things where consistency is super super important like just always carrying around a humectant lip balm so i actually really do recommend lip balms that have things like peptides and like hyaluronic acid because the things that you use for your face definitely use up for your skin but i acknowledge that those are expensive so a quick fix that i like to do sometimes like if i've run out of like lotion or like lip balm <laughs> is go with a layer of glycerin on my lips. And then on top of that, a layer of Vaseline, because mm. that is essentially what a lotion is, an oil phase and a water phase held together mm. by emulsifier. Only thing here mm. is that there's no emulsifier. 
So for exfoliation of the lips, final question, would you do a physical exfoliation or would you do a chemical exfoliation? I recommend physical. And usually for me, what that looks like is just like a rag and mm-hmm. water. Yeah. <laughs> and just a... Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. And that's really Sounds it. great. But I mean, there's also like sugar scrubs and stuff like that. But like, I don't know. I don't like tasting like sugar. Yeah. I don't like well, sugar scrub. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, AJ, for joining me today on Halftime Show. I hope that AJ answered all you guys' questions. Um, you can follow them again at... You want me to give your personal one? Oh, yeah. Follow me at DropDeadAJ. <laughs> uh, you can also follow them on Sula.Labs. Respond to their advertisement for a chemist or a graphic designer. Um, and we'll see you next month. Bye. Bye. That's the end of this episode of The Halftime Show With. The Halftime Show With is a subsidiary of the One and a Half Lesbians podcast. The spinoff is designed, written, and produced by me, Be The Half. Our theme song is a remix maniac spin on the original Price is Right theme song with edits by me. Episodes are edited by Adriana. Our interchangeable logo was illustrated by Vanika Bibra. Special thanks to our production partner, Amina Iro, our guest of the month, and of course, listeners like you. Thank you.